today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You blaspheme God. That's a big boo-boo. It's not me. You've come up against God. And so, of course, you know the story, but what's the point? The point is, is that David drew upon that which God did in the past. And he brought it into his present circumstances. And it's like this. If God could do that for me then, he can do this for me now. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. When you need to be strengthened by God, you can remember what he's done in the past to be encouraged for what you're dealing with right now. Pastor J.D. is going to show you that God has all the power to get you through your circumstances. And all you have to do is remember him and draw your strength from him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. David shows up at the battlefield, and who does he uh, run into first? His older brother, Eliab. And what does Eliab say? Oh, my young brother, future king of Israel, sweet psalmist of Israel. No. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Well, dad sent me. Go home. Get out. This is for men. Oh, it is, huh? Then, why is it then, men, that for 40 days and 40 nights, the number of judgment, you have listened to this uncircumcised Philistine blaspheme the name of my God? Let me at him. They take him to Saul. Saul's like, oh, come on. Come here, David. Come here, little boy. Tries to talk him out of it. David's like, What in the world? What is up with you guys? This is not okay. Think about this. They've been listening to that blasphemy for 40 days and 40 nights. David hears it one time. That's it. That's not okay. I'm going to silence his big, ugly mouth. I'm not going to do it. God's going to do it. Just let me (laughs) take care of this. (laughs) No need to fear. David is here. You're looking at him and... Kind of like, (laughs) what is he, four foot nothing? So he goes into this whole, you know, conversation trying to convince Saul to let him go. And Saul's saying, no way, man. He's going to eat you for lunch and spit out the leftovers. (laughs) He's been killing people longer than you've been alive. And David's like, Saul, you don't understand. He's blaspheming God. So we pick up the story now in verse 34 of chapter 17, and it says, David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth, And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard. Boy, I would have loved to have been a fly on a camel to see that. A lion by his mane? 
and struck and killed it with his bare hands, man. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine, he said it just like that too with his teeth gritted, will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, God, (laughs) what are you going to say to that? Because now you see what happened here, right? It's no longer David against this uncircumcised Philistine. It's God. And this uncircumcised Philistine is about to find out. And it's almost like, I know it's not in the narrative, but when he gets out there, and of course, you know, Goliath uh, looks at him and goes, is this a joke? Am I being punk? Come on. (laughs) What are you doing? Go back home. Like your brother said. (laughs) And he starts talking smack. It's the first time that we find, you know, talking smack. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to do this. David's going, I I think there's been a misunderstanding here. Because you think that your battle's against me? No, this is, you blaspheme God. That's a big boo-boo. It's not me. You've come up against God. And so, of course, you know the story, but what's the point? The point is, is that David drew upon that which God did in the past, and he brought it into his present circumstances, And it's like this. If God could do that for me then, he can do this for me now. You know, after our daughter Noelle died in 2006, I remember my wife and I just, you know, we spent a lot of time together. Of course, we were grieving. And there was this sense that if we could make it through the death of a child, we could make it through anything. And little did I know (laughs) what would yet come and how many times I would draw upon that which God did then to draw strength and confidence and boldness, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So if God can get me through that, God can get me through anything. How about that time when you didn't have the money to pay the bills? And then God at the 11th hour, something about that 11th hour that God really likes. I might have something to do with the whole faith thing, by the way. (laughs) But right at the 11th hour, he just provides in ways that you could have never imagined. And so you're in a similar situation. And do you recall what God did for you? The last time this happened? Why would he? Does this make sense? You'll forgive the silliness with which I uh, illustrate this. Could you imagine God saying, you know what? It's time for you to grow up. You're on your own, kid. I did that back then, but it's time for you to pick yourself up by the bootstraps, roll up your arm sleeves, and get with the program. No. (laughs) You're looking at me like, would God do that? I'm saying no. He would not do that. He will never leave you or forsake you. Lo, he will be with you always, even until the end of the earth. 
He's going to abandon me now. He's not going to abandon me. He's not going to forsake. He can't. It's not who he is. If he did it for me then, he's going to do it for me now. Why wouldn't he? In fact, if anything, you'll forgive me for saying it like this. I hope it doesn't come off wrong. But it's kind of like God saying, yeah, I did that then, but watch me now. You you thought that was cool? (laughs) Watch this. Is that bad? I hope not. But it's kind of like, you know, how we as earthly parents love to just blow our kids' minds, surprise them. How much more our Heavenly Father? He's like, I'm just going to blow your mind. Oh, that was nothing. No, that was something. Oh, yeah, you thought that was something. (laughs) Watch what I'm going to do now. Here's the last one. It's in verses 19 and 20. And it's holding on to what gives, what God gives. Knowing who God is, recalling what God's done, and holding on to what God gives. Now, what Paul says here is interesting for a number of reasons, chief of which is that it speaks to the paramount importance of having a strong faith and a clear conscience. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Notice he tells Timothy to hold on to faith, keep the faith, hold on to it, and a good conscience, which implies that there's this potential to reject them or not hold on to them or let go of them, as some do. Paul even, this is interesting, he mentions them by name. Could you imagine these two guys? Throughout the last 2,000 years, their names were recorded in the pages of Holy Writ as blasphemy. We don't know specifically what it is, but it rose to the level of Paul giving them over to Satan, not supremely to be punitive, but rather to be restorative. So we don't know what they did, but Paul is using them as an example to say to Timothy, you just hold on. Don't let go of this, that God gave you. What did God give me? Oh, a strong faith. How? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What about a clear conscience? Oh, I can say right now, the enemy is going to do everything he can to get you to get distracted so you miss this, because this is so important. Please listen to this. This is so important when you talk about a clear conscience. Absent a strong faith and a clear conscience, we won't possess the confidence while in battle. Not self-confidence. Confidence in Him. And here's why. If in spiritual warfare our faith is weak and our conscience is guilty, the enemy will riddle us in doubt and condemnation. If deep in my heart or in the back of my mind I give the enemy anything to exploit concerning my character, I'm going to be defeated. And he knows it. I'm not talking about being sinless. I'm talking about being blameless. I'm talking about having a pure heart 
before the Lord. No unconfessed sin. No secret sin. You have a clear conscience because God has cleared you. God has forgiven you. God has cleansed you. See, when you're in the middle of the battle, and we are in the middle of a battle, the last thing you need, in fact, the worst thing that can happen is for the enemy to come and say, uh, you think God's going to help you? Um, you don't have a leg to stand on, as they say. And he is going to use that against you because you've basically given him a blank check to write in the amount, whatever he wants, to drain your faith account, if I can use that metaphor. Listen to what Paul said to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 27. He says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And, now this is very important, verse 27. Do not give the devil a foothold. Don't let him get his foot in the door. Because if you let him get his foot in the door, he's coming all the way in. He's going to set up shop. And he's going to wreak havoc. He's the accuser of the brethren, right? He's the author of confusion, right? He wants to strip your confidence in the Lord. Don't give him an excuse to do that. So that when he comes and starts accusing you, condemning you, saying to you, you're on your own, man. Oh, no. What do you mean? I? And now you're shaken to the core. You're not standing strong in the power of his might with a clear conscience, a strong faith. No, no, no. You can't do that because of Hebrews 4.16. This is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. I know I say that about all the verses in all the Bible, but this one in particular because of the implications, the ramifications of what this is saying. Listen to this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Stop right there. Not arrogance. Confidence. Not self-confidence. God confidence. You can confidently, as some of your translations render it, boldly approach His throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This goes back to what we just talked about. You have to understand that Satan will shift strategies when we come to Christ, right? See, before we come to Christ, he will do everything he can to keep us from coming to Christ. In Ephesians, again, the uh, original language kind of carries with it this idea of a military strategist, how Satan studies us and stalks us. Those uh, 
war, you know, photos, and they got the guys hovering over a table strategizing with a map. That's what Satan does with your life, the map of your life. He's studying you. He's stalking you. He's going back and forth like that lion seeking to destroy you. And he's very patient. He's waiting for this optimum time to pounce, to attack. And he'll just wait. And he's looking for that opening, that vulnerability, that area, that optimum time. You know, it's interesting when Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness after he had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, again, the number of judgment. And at the end of it, Jesus resisted him with the word, the sword of the Spirit, and he fled. That's what Peter says, resist the devil and he will flee. That's how. And he did it in his humanity, not his divinity. Thank God he did. Because if he did it in his divinity as God, then shoot me now. No, he did it in his humanity. Basically giving us a template, this is how you resist the devil so he'll flee. But there's an interesting detail given in the account where after he's finally resisted and before he flees, we're told that he fled and would come back at a more optimum time. Oh, I wish that weren't in the Bible. You know what that means? I mean, that's just the one record of the time that Jesus was tempted. But don't think for a second that Satan didn't And this is the Son of Man. This is the Son of God. This is God incarnate, the Savior of the world. And this is another thing, by the way. We uh, are prone to say, man, the devil was just attacking me all week. Man, the devil is the devil, the devil. I'm like, really? How do you rate? You mean the devil himself? Wow, that's really something because uh, the devil's not omnipresent. Not all places at one time. He can only be in one place at one time. So you mean to tell me that he's not attacking world leaders? He's coming over here to the windward side of a wall and attacking you? Whoa! You must be a threat. I know that's again that's a silly, but you get the point, right? Don't think for a second that Satan himself didn't keep attacking Jesus all the time. And he waited for that optimum time. And he knows our weaknesses. He knows those areas. And by the way, here's the thing. We tend to fall in the areas of our greatest strength. Ask Peter about that. What was Peter's greatest strength? His courage. Where did Peter fall? He didn't have the courage to stand up to this girl that was saying, hey, you're one of them, you were with Jesus, and he failed in the area of his greatest strength, courage. This is the same Peter that was ready and willing to take on the entire Roman army when they came to arrest Jesus, that cuts off Malchus's ear. This is the same Peter that when he realizes it's the Lord says, bid me come, he's walking on water. We're talking about Peter, that's courage. And yet he fell in that area. What's the point? The point is this. The reason why we tend to fall in the areas of our greatest strength is because we've got our guard down and Satan knows it. Hey, if I know that I'm weak in this area, man, I'm concentrating on it. I'm focused on it. I'm prioritizing it. I'm weak in that area. I need to be on guard. So meanwhile, while I'm on guard in this area of weakness, Satan's over here going, oh, 
He's got an open invitation, RSVP, to that area in my life of strength. And that's when and why and where it is that I'm prone to fall. So here's what Satan does. He's all about this because he doesn't want you to have that confidence. So how is he going to strip you of that confidence? A guilty conscience? A weak faith? Because he knows that when you're in the midst of the battle, it's too late. It's kind of like when there's a hurricane and that thing hits, you can't go out and start boarding up your windows. It's too late. Those windows have better already have been boarded up. And Satan knows that. And here's the thing. When I understand and I hold on to what God has given me, He's given me this gift of faith, this clear conscience, this pure heart, this imputed righteousness. And if I hold on to that, bring it. I've got a holy boldness. I've got a confidence in the Lord and the enemy, try as he may, go away. You are a defeated foe. You can't do that or get away with that because I have the confidence and I'm going to approach God's throne of grace. And here's the thing. He's going to give me whatever I need. And I love this so that we may receive mercy. Listen, (laughs) I find myself praying all the time, oh God, be merciful. (laughs) Be merciful. The mercy and grace of God. As one aptly said, the mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve and grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. I'll take both. Where do I sign? (laughs) And we find grace to help us in our time of need. I think if there was ever a time that we needed the help of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, it is now. And He will give it. There's nothing He will withhold. You hold on. Again, we talked about this in the letter to the church in Philadelphia, where Jesus has John write, I know you have little strength. I know you're barely hanging on. Just hold on a little bit longer. You've not denied my name. You've kept my word. I'm going to keep you from the hour of tribulation that is coming upon the whole world. You just hang on. I know you're barely hanging on. You're hanging on by a thread. But I want you to have that confidence that I'm going to help you and I'm going to see you through. I can't not see you through this. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of 1 Timothy together. One of the greatest lessons from this book is that it doesn't matter how young or old you are. If God calls you to something, answer His calling. He's faithful to use you and your gifting to further the kingdom in powerful ways. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As always, we encourage you to keep studying the Bible on your own. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this series, you'll be able to find them at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. 
Maybe you've been listening today and you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible and may even attend church, but have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not, today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is so important. We also encourage you to be part of a church. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join our church family. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and Truth.